This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome back to the Eat Like Ruby podcast. We are back in studio today with a guest in the building with me, second in studio guest. Are you excited? Yeah, pumped. <laughs> it is the man, the myth, the legend, Shaq. I definitely love that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when we say Shaq, um, someone said to me, a while ago, I can't even remember where it was. Someone was like, every time you say Shaq, I just picture Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm like, that is so random. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely very similar. Oh, it's twins, basically. Um, no, but I feel like everybody's mind goes there straight away. So first of all, Shaq, we should probably say who you are. If people don't know, Shaq is my partner, which is cool to have him here in the studio. And when we say Shaq, it's like S-H-A-C-K. Yeah. <laughs> like Love Shack. And if you are picturing Shaquille O'Neal, kind of the same height. I wonder how tall Shaquille O'Neal actually is. He's... Yeah, definitely over, taller than you. Over two, I think. He'd make you look small. Hmm. So, well, you're two metres on the dot. Yeah, he's way taller than me. Yeah, we should have looked that up before we got here. We sound unprofessional. We're here in the studio with Shaq, who is my partner. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in. I'm excited to have you here. So the reason I wanted to get Shaq in, so many reasons, just because it's like fun and it's a good time and I feel like we have good combos. I feel like we just even naturally at home or like whatever, we just have combos that are like chilled and funny, but then we'll just get hell serious, but then they're funny again. And (laughs) I just feel like it'd be cool to bring it on to the potty. We did a little like rapid fire Q&A on Insta and I feel like it'd be cool to start with that because they're actually questions that would kind of like get people to know you and get to know us so I feel like it'd be cool to start with the Q&A and then we can talk about a few other things. Let's do it. Thoughts? Yeah let's do it. We're on. How long have you been together is a good one. How long have you been together Shaq? Over nine years. (laughs) Do you know that? (laughs) Yes nearly 10 coming up to 10 years at the end of this year. Yeah. So crazy. It's ridiculous. When we were getting together, so Shaq is turning 30 in April. Don't remind me. Um, which, <laughs> you're pausing, which is like a month away from recording now. Oh, probably yeah. two months. Um, and when we got together, like one of the first things we had together was your 21st. Yeah. How ridiculous. crazy. The whole 20s together. Your whole 20s, yeah. And so we've been together nearly 10 years. And I think somebody else asked here, um, who's older so that's kind of on the same note so I'm older so Shaq will turn 30 in April like we just said and then I will turn 32 in July so it's nearly two years yeah yeah that was an easy two questions <laughs> oh what's the height difference between you two Jesus. so we've already kind of spoken about that so Shaq is super tall I feel like that's why people ask that so Shaq is two meters on the dot and then what are you? I'm like about one six seven. I yeah. think. So, so you generally come to my like nipples, really. <laughs> I feel like that's the worst visual. <laughs> we'll say chest area. Yeah, chest. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably a bit over thirty centimeters. Yeah. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I feel like we forget how tall you are because like we're just used to it. But anytime we meet someone, they're just like, "Shit, he's tall!" Yeah. Like you forget about it, hey? Legit. All right, so there's a, there's a few cool ones. So 
One of them says, does Shaq write my training programs? And we're going to talk a little bit about this, um, like moving forward after the Q&A. But he has been helping me lately. So Shaq is a PT and like group fitness instructor. Um, Obviously has played a lot of football, done a lot of sport, done a lot of like strength and conditioning stuff. So he has been helping me a lot lately. I like to write my own programs, but I feel like sometimes you can always revert back to the same things or yeah like it, it's kind of good to just have someone come in with a fresh perspective like oh why don't you look at this or why don't you try yeah, this yeah you always have fresh eyes on stuff yeah yeah and I feel like you've been really good at that lately especially because and like we said we'll talk about it soon but like with me training for that 5k and stuff obviously yeah like I'm progressing towards that but I feel like my mind is so conditioned to go back to the same exercises and like the same stuff I've been doing for years yeah but it's time to move on. Yeah, it's always the change is good for the whole day. Like you definitely need it. <laughs> quotes, Shaq with the quotes. Sometimes Shaq drops quotes, and I'm like, that quote's irrelevant <laughs> to this situation. <laughs> I do say some good stuff every now and then. Sometimes you say some absolute bangers, and then other times I'm like, no, you've missed the mark on that one. Thanks. Um, <laughs> do we train together? Not really. We. We go to gym together sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, but not all the times. So we go to the gym at the same time, but... Yeah, we don't ever really, like... We don't do the same sessions. No. Nah. And, like, superset with each other and nah, stuff. No, because we're diff- we do different stuff. Yeah, so Shaq, obviously, he's trained for footy for 27 of his 29 years. And even more recently, had a shoulder reco. So you've obviously been training around that. I've had different injuries. And then just different goals. Like, you've always done a bit more sort of fitnessy stuff. For football, I guess. Yeah. Whereas I was a bit more like bodybuilder style, I guess you yeah. would say, for a long time. But we'll often go to gym together and then I'll just grab him if I want him to like spot me or shit like that. Get a rest. Get a rest. Yeah. That was so funny. Like when we posted that deadlift video the other day, the amount of people that were like, old mate in the background's just having a good old look. I was like, that is my life partner of 10 years. <laughs> and also like... Literally, you were like, I was like, can you come and watch these deadlifts? And then straight away, as soon as I put, I put the bar down, you were like talking about the technique and everything. Yeah. So I was like a creep in the gym. Just Everyone like, thought you were a creep. Yeah. So many people were just like, ha ha, look at the guy. And I'm like, I don't think a creep would be that obvious. Like yeah. you're literally standing there with your arms folded, like staring at me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Surely if someone was doing that to me, I would be like, um. <laughs> You feel uncomfortable, like, I need like not? <laughs> so anyway, we don't really train together, but we often go to gym together. Yeah. I actually love training on my own. I feel like training is just, like, the one thing for me where it's, like, headphones, just my time. Yeah. Kind of, like, just not mental health, but it is. It's almost just, like, your own little thing. Yeah, because one of my pet hates is, like, when you train someone, they just want to talk the whole time. Oh, just touch it, yeah. Oh, it's just, like... Leave me alone. Yeah, for sure. But in saying that, lately, with those cardio sessions, I feel like I have needed you at times to, honestly, almost like a, a trainer, to be like, keep going, Rubes, or do you know what I mean? Like, they are fucking hard. Yeah. Those sessions are hard, and like, having you there, and it's funny, because I'm not really the sort of person, I don't want you to stand there the whole time and be like, you can do it, you can do it, like, I, I would not respond well to that at all, but... Sometimes, like, when you've been like, oh, come for your cardio session, I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Probably because they're unfamiliar and they're, they're challenging yeah. me. Who likes cardio? Like, I'm a runner, but cardio is no. 
Well, I've been enjoying it in a weird way, but it, the challenge. I've been enjoying the challenge. It's definitely a good mental break. When you're just running by yourself, it's good. I'm not at that point yet. Really. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> what do you love most about each other? Jesus. <laughs> Why do you say Jesus? You make it sound like it's so hard to even find one thing after 10 years. <laughs> nah, oh, do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Love that. I think I love, love it. Yeah. You're so ambitious. Like you never want to sit down and be still. Like <laughs> Is that always... also what you hate about me? <laughs> no. There's a big list for that. But yeah, it's how driven you are. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like for me, it's actually the opposite. And this is so funny because I've thought about this lately. Like this is what makes us work so well, I reckon. Like for me, there's probably two things I love about you. Is like one on that note, like you bring me back. Like I would be a workaholic. I would not sleep. Like I would be too over the top if I didn't have you to just like help me chill out. Yeah. I love how chilled you are. But equally, I feel like I pull you, like I feel like at times I pull you out of that chilled state and help you be more ambitious as well. Like you're obviously ambitious with things like footy and training and all of those things. But do you feel like, do you agree? We're sort of like a yin and yang. Yeah. Like I feel feel like like I motivate you to work harder and I feel like you help me relax and chill and enjoy things more. Yeah, we've kind of got the happy medium, don't we? Like, I feel yeah. like I can chill, but also I do like working. Like, yeah, if you weren't there, probably wouldn't be as hard on myself. No, you'd be chilling with Nutella. <laughs> yeah. well, it's not a bad life. <laughs> no, but I think we have yeah. a... I feel like that's a good balance. And I feel like the other thing I love about you is, like, you're so insanely optimistic. Like, do you know what optimistic means? Yes. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what? Um, So insanely positive. And on a similar note, like so supportive. I don't think you've ever not supported me or encouraged me or like I could literally say I want to build a spaceship and go to the moon and you would be like, yeah, I genuinely think you could do that and I'm going to go down to Bunnings and get some shit and start building you a spaceship. Like you're so insanely supportive of me and – so optimistic like even the the worst thing can be happening in the world and shark's just like i genuinely know this will work out like you do though yeah yeah and it's it's crazy and on that note that's actually so funny not funny but it is funny (laughs) i'm like so logical i'm such a realist i'm so like factual and then you're so optimistic and like The other day I said to Shaq, and I didn't say this in a bad way, but it almost like, this goes like full circle. I was like to Shaq, what do you think would happen if one of us died? And he was straight away just like, you cannot say that. You can't think like that, whatever. And that just like backs up my point. Like you just wouldn't even think or talk about that sort of stuff because you're just so positive. Whereas my brain is like, not in a negative way, but my brain is like, well, one of us will die one day. And like, Shaq's like, you can't think about that. You can't talk about that. But then when we did talk about it, I was like, I feel like if you weren't here, if I lost you, I would go into overdrive with work. And then I said, I feel like if I wasn't here, you would go like recluse and just chill. Like, so it almost backs up our points. Hey. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. So that's just a fun little story for us. These are the type of combos we have. What? annoys you most about each other 
You go first. <laughs> You're like, shit, tread lightly. What annoys me most about you? I would say I part of me is jealous of this, but then it's equally annoying to be in a relationship with a person who does this. Shaq is so selective about what he takes in and what he remembers and what he's like smart with. Like I could say to you, give me all the stats from the 2008 NRL grand final and you could and would. And I could say to you like, what day is your phone bill due? And you'd be like, what phone bill? What? Yeah. And it's so annoying because it's like, can you just remember when the bill is due? Like, is it that hard? But then I'm also jealous because like, I remember everything I take in so much. Like my mind is constantly racing and I watch you and I'm like, when there's shit that you love and you want to remember, like you, you hold on to it and you know everything about it. But then if something, if there's something you don't want to like hold on to, you just let it go. Yeah. So it is annoying when it turns to just having like a, a practical relationship together. <laughs> Can you please remember something? <laughs> but yeah, I would say that that's what annoys me. <laughs> What's annoying about me? I feel like I know what you're going to say. I don't think so. No, I feel like probably the one thing is funny. I think it's funny now. Hey, you go and plug your laptops in, your phones <laughs> in, and you never switch the switch on. Yeah, never. You'd be like, you have charged for three hours. No, no, but it's that's actually that annoys me about myself because I will schedule my whole day. I'll be like, okay, shit, the laptop's dead. Plug the laptop in. Now I'll go off and do X, Y, Z. Then I can come back and work. And I come back three hours later, and I'm like, I didn't fucking turn it on. <laughs> and I do it. I do it six times a day. Oh, at least all day, every day, with if, every single thing in our lives. If I don't walk around and have a check, yeah, I'd never be charged. Yeah, and that's actually funny because that is so true about us. Like, you know, like it's weird. This is like so off topic, but it's not. Like with me, like having my company and it's big and it's booming and it's time consuming and all of those things. Like I will work so hard in that company and do all those things and be so switched on with that. But then it's like, I constantly, like you said, don't charge anything. I constantly lose my keys, wallet, phone. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, right. Like I cannot explain how often yesterday I spent a solid half an hour thinking I'd put my keys in the bin and was basically like coming up with a plan of like okay how am I going to replace all those keys and then they were just on the bench (laughs) but it's like I do this shit every day this morning I drove off with Nutella and realized that I'd put my phone on the ground in the car park when I put Nutella in the car and had to like circle back around the roundabout and get my phone off the ground in the car park but it's like I run my company and I do all these crazy things that are awesome but then it's like I can't even remember where my keys are but that's where I feel like you are, we balance each other so well because you literally do do laps of the house and you're like I know Rubes has had a massive day and she's done all this awesome shit but equally I know she has not just plugged that laptop in yeah and it's like even little things like that like you'll like get petrol in my car because like I'll get in my car and it's like fuck, I actually can't go anywhere because we're out of fuel. Even when I went with Soph the other day, I was like, Soph, we got to get fuel ASAP. <laughs> but like you pick up all these tiny little things and I feel like that is so awesome for our relationship. Like imagine if we were both just like work, work, work all the time. It'd be such a weird dynamic. Yeah, it wouldn't be good at all. That's where I feel like you you pull me out of that when you're like so chilled and you're just always having a good time. And then, yeah, like I'm able to switch on and do things so well because – like I let things get random shit go in the background and you 
pick up the slack on like shit that doesn't seem important, but it does. It's like yeah. I have an online business. I need the bloody laptop charged. <laughs> and also I don't want my phone to be on the car park in the ground. Um, <laughs> so I just feel like we have such a wicked balance like that. So even though those things are annoying, I feel like that's what makes us us. Yeah. Agreed. Legit. Do we eat similar foods and meals? Question mark. If not, is it hard? That's a good question, and I guess it, it's on brand with the podcast. Kudos. <laughs> um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah, it's hit and miss. Eh? Like, sometimes we'll have the same dinners and everything like that, but then... Mostly, like, weeknights we have the same dinner. Yeah. During the day, we're both at home, and we sometimes have meals together, but we both kind of just do our own. Yeah. Like we're very, like, creatures of habit with our food during the day. Yeah. Like, you just have your same old foods, and I have mine. And then we'll normally always have dinner together. It's probably more weekends. Like, Shaq is a big week. Oh, not so much anymore. You used to be like a big weekend snacker. I think when you used to play as well, like, you would yeah. eat so much. I would be so hungry after that game. Yeah, so Shaq would, like, after a game, literally get so much KFC. Like, I could not eat that much KFC if I tried. But equally, and that's probably another point. Like, people ask, do we eat the same meals? So... Like we said, there's 30 to 40 centimetres difference between us and, what, probably 40 to 50 kilos difference between us as well. Easy. I knew you were going to take that. Careful. <laughs> I Jesus. knew you were going to take that in that direction. Jesus. <laughs> That's not even a dig. It's a fact of life. Like, you're just a lot bigger than me. <laughs> Don't take it like that. No, but um, so... Back to the question. We eat most meals together. And then, yeah, sometimes Shaq will just be like, oh, I'm going to have like chips or KFC or something. And I'm just like, eh, that doesn't really vibe with me. But sometimes I do. Yeah, and I feel like you do it pretty well. Like if I'm eating something like KFC or Nando's or whatever it is, you already had your little thing already and you're like, you're satisfied with your stuff. So it's like, yeah, you're not really tempted by my food at or all. Or we'll do like, I feel like we do more like pizzas and that. So we do homemade pizzas and then like you just load it up with all the stuff that you want and I just load it up with all the stuff I want. And they're super different, but it's like we the can same. still eat together. Yeah. Yeah. And even like Nando's and stuff too. Like I like, if we get takeaway, we'll normally try and get shit like that, like Nando's or grilled or whatever where... I can just get, like, chicken and rice or a burger or whatever. Like, I don't just eat chicken and rice. We all know this. But, like, you could get, like, a large chips and all the stuff you want and I could take it in a direction that I want. And I guess it probably depends, too, on, like, if I have been dieting or whatever. Like, if I'm in a dieting phase, literally if I'm in a dieting phase, I'll do, be eating about 1,500 calories and you eat about 3,000 calories. So yeah, roughly, yeah. I'm on, like, half the food you are yeah. when I'm dieting. So, I'm not getting, like, large chips and <laughs> KFC. <laughs> oh, definitely would. <laughs> exactly. So, I'd say for the most part we do, but then we just navigate little differences pretty easily. Yeah, we're, we're pretty like good at, like... No, nah, it's never really been an issue for us, has it? Like... Nah. Probably getting used to it at the start probably was, but then I feel like... I feel like when we got together, you were, like, intrigued about me being a nutritionist and, like, being able to help you. Like, I used to help you a lot when we first yeah. got together. Like when you wanted diets for footy and stuff. And then I feel like you've just kind of taken all of that info and now you just run your own race. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like I've found a happy meeting with it. Yeah. It's just like I'm, I know what to do. I know how to count my food. So I'm just happy with the place. You don't really there. count your food though, hey? No, nah, maybe during the week I do. But then weekends I'm like flexible. I feel like you count out a day and then you just 
stick with that date for a few weeks. Like yeah. you don't sit there every day and count it all out. Nah. You just um, plan a day yeah, in my fitness pal and then just roll with it. Yeah, it just works for me because I, I know what I'm having. I don't have to look at it. That's it, that's it for yeah. two weeks. The only thing that shits me so much is that Shaq, this, is, this could be the most annoying thing about you, eats a Cadbury dairy milk chocolate bar as his pre-training meal. Like I want to die. I actually want to die when you do that. And, and every time he does it, I just shoot him death stairs. And I don't actually comment. We don't actually give each other a hard time about much in our relationship. Hey, like we let each yeah. other run our own race. But when I'm like, that's not a pre-training meal. <laughs> like, well, honestly, last couple of weeks I've changed it. <laughs> so after training, I'll have it after training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a post-training meal either. <laughs> it's my treat. It's like my the science in my brain is like you cannot have that as a pre-training meal. Like it, it gives me anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> and I watch you do it every day. And you'll train at like eight thirty in the morning, and I'm like, do you need a Cadbury Dairy Milk chocolate bar at eight a.m. before you train? No, you don't. Well, I don't, but I have it at nine after I finish training. <laughs> See, that's a balance. Right, love it. Love that for you. So let's talk about the 5K. How's that progressing? How do you feel with that? The 5K running goal. Yeah. Yeah. It is going good. For those of you that don't know, we did the episode about my 2023 goals and one of them is to run 5K in September. So that is what we're talking about right now. So definitely go back and listen to that one if you haven't. Um, but it's, it is going good. Yeah, it's going good. Would you like me to elaborate? <laughs> yeah. Please elaborate. Go into it. Yeah. So obviously physically, like I'm physically training for it and then I'm like just mentally and emotionally making sure I'm good for it as well. And that's probably the thing that has, like I've realized in the last few weeks is like I'm going to run 5Ks on Father's Day. So I'm doing this so, like for the memory of my dad who was a runner we know I'm going to run 5K on Father's Day. If I say I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Like, it's, going to, it's going to happen. Right. So we know this. Like I don't really ever say I'm going to do something and not do it. But what has really come to my attention with that is I will do it. And this is almost what I was saying to you before. Like if I'm too ambitious or too driven, like I will do that no matter what. I don't want to do it in a like stressed, anxious, um, because I said I would like a fear way, anything like that. Like I don't want it to come from bad energy or a bad space or a negative way. Does that make sense? Like, because if we know I will run it no matter what. So it's like, I can like physically train for it and really get my mind and my emotions and everything in a great place for it and go into it feeling so positive, so awesome, run it, feel so good. And really that will require work. And we can talk about that in a second, but Otherwise, the alternative is like if I am sloppy, like whether it's with my training or my mindset or anything, I am going to follow through and run that because I've said I would. And then I'd be like, fuck, like I've just got to get through it. I've got to push through it. Even if my injuries flare up, I'm just going to push through it. Like even if I feel like I can't, I'm just going to get it done. And it would be quite a negative experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's probably the thing that's really come to mind in my mind in the last few weeks is like, not that I'm, I am or I'm like planning on, but I would let myself do it no matter what. And I don't want to do it no matter what. Yeah. I want to do it 
in a really positive, like feel good way. That's the point. Yeah, because if you go in that sense. negative that negative mindset, you know you're not going to do it. Like I no, I, I will do it. That's <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you go in the positive mindset, you're going to do it way better. Know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to do it and sort of be like, oh, like thank fuck that's over, or like end up in pain, or like just just have it be a negative experience. Yeah, yeah. I it could go either way, and it's important for me to make it a positive one. Yeah. So what's the theory behind it? Like, what's the work you've been putting in for it and, like, why you, why, why are you on run? That's a great question. <laughs> now on the head. Let's go. <laughs> Banger. Like, I haven't run at all since he died. And, like, I used to love to run. Obviously, he loved to run. He was literally running. So he just went for a run um, on a Sunday morning. He used to run every Sunday and never came home. And then... You know, my family went through the whole thing of working out where he was and he had, you know, and just like as a bit of a warning in case this is like aggravating for people or whatever, but he had literally just had cardiac arrest on the side of the road and a complete stranger or two complete strangers had tried to help him. They couldn't. They called the ambulance. He went in the ambulance to the hospital and then, you know, my family obviously found him later on at the hospital. So that was obviously a very hectic experience (laughs) Um, and I haven't run since so there's so many parts to that I mean like we could literally talk about this for hours but we won't but it's I feel like I mean you probably know better than anyone like I went through so much as anybody would when like I was 24 or 25 however old I was I think 25 I I think think 25 yeah Yeah, I think around that age and he was 56 it was actually the day before his own birthday so he would have turned 57 the next day yeah and so obviously I just went through the whole sort of grieving process and that was crazy and it was just there was just so many elements to it I mean like you're 25 and your dad's just died and then it's like I you know I would have bet 10 million dollars on that morning that he wasn't going to die And I would have, you know, I thought I probably had 30 more years with him and so many things. So that was one element to it. But the other thing to it that a lot of people don't realize, and even when I talk about it, people will be like, oh, you know, you can't think about it like that. But my dad died doing the thing that I make a living convincing people to do, which is crazy when you think about it. Like I'm out here promoting exercise, telling people to exercise, all of these things. And I I stand by that. But then at that time, I've literally got doctors saying to me, your dad's heart wasn't actually made for exercise. It's turned out that years of training the way he did led to him dying the way he died. Essentially saying, had he not trained in the way he did, that wouldn't have happened to him. So it's that was so crazy for me to get my head around. I went back and worked in a gym four days after his funeral and I'm like teaching a group fitness class like telling people to exercise and get their heart rates up like it's it's crazy and a lot of people say things like you know oh you can't think about it like that but it's like if you got hit by a bus I'd probably look twice every time I crossed the road for the rest of my life yeah. you know if he died in a skydiving accident I probably wouldn't go and become a skydiving instructor you're going to have a little bit of resistance and hostility towards those things yeah and rightly so so for me it was just that and on a similar note like here's this person who in my opinion like I'm not saying this is truthful or not but to me it was like here's this person in my opinion has done everything right 
you know, like he ate well, he exercised, didn't drink a lot, wasn't a smoker, like didn't do drugs, worked hard, like did all the, you know, air quotes, right things. And look where it got him. Yeah. You know, so that was just a whole nother thing where I was just like, what are we even meant to do? Are we meant to exercise? Are we meant to eat well? Like, does it even matter? Like, it was just such a process for me to go through all of that. And that was, you know, why I stopped running, not just like because it happened to him now I'm stopping running, but just naturally as I went through that grieving process, like I just didn't want to do it. So obviously like I've worked through a lot of that and it's like I was feeling super good and I just felt like this was like, not I don't want to say like the final step, like, but I feel like it's the last thing for me to process and go through in this sense. Like I feel like I've really come to an amazing place with with like him dying honestly like my mindset my emotions every single thing I feel like could not be in a better place and that's really the one thing where I'm like okay but I haven't run yet yeah and I think I said it on that last episode and I've definitely said it to you before setting that goal it was like going like I said going through all of that and getting to a point where I feel like everything is so good it led me to get to a point for the first time since he died of being like, I genuinely think I could run again. Like when I was going through all of those emotions and grief and all of that, I was like, there's no way I can run. Like I was almost manifesting injuries and being like, you know, oh, I've got a a torn hammy, so I can't run. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like obviously I've worked through all of that and gotten to a point where I was like, yeah, I actually genuinely think I can do this. Like I feel good about that. I yeah, it, it's just a different feeling. I feel like I just transcended another step and was just like, yeah, this is actually something I can do and want to do. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, I'm going to say like from day dot when it happened till now, like I've seen you go on the roller coaster and where you are now to where you were, like it's definitely leaps Wild. and bounds. Wild. Like when, yeah, and, and rightly so. Like I never want to shame myself for that and I never want to shame anybody for I don't think there's a right way to grieve. Like, and everybody's experience is different. Like, even when my dad died, I was so mindful that it's like, yes, I've lost my dad, but like my uncles have lost their brother and my stepmom has lost her husband and my grandma, she's like, my dad's mum is still with us. So I was like, she's lost her son. Like, do you know what I mean? So even though we'd all lost that same person, I was like, we've all lost something different and that's what I've always just been mindful of like everybody's has such a different grieving process and such a different thing and so I never wanted to like shame myself for that and like I said there was obviously that part of simply just being 25 years old and having my dad die but then also having him go that way and then being like this is the thing that I love but it's also now kind of the thing that took him away so do I still love it like there was so much to it so the first year was just grief like a hundred percent horrible and yeah that I I can't even explain how I felt at that time like that genuinely was well I, I mean rightly so like the worst thing I've ever been through but that in itself actually part of like why I'm in such a good place right now and and again I'm not saying this is the right way to do it. Like everyone's going to go through these things so differently. But for me, this is the right way. Like as I really went through that process, I got to a point, like, I mean, you know, (laughs) better than anyone. Like my dad was very driven, 
very almost like a hard ass, like very successful. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he wasn't really, you know, a soppy sort of emotional. No, he wasn't person. dandy. Like, no, yeah, he was. He was a badass, um, which is cool. <laughs> but I got to a point where, obviously, I went through that process, and I just started to come out the other side, and I just started to kind of really tap into that. And I mean, there's literally so much I could say, but like. What I was originally just going to say then was like, that was the the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. And probably maybe the worst thing that is ever going to happen in my life. And that, I draw so much motivation from that, honestly, still to this day. And that's something I've really had to cultivate and get my mind around. But I honestly think about that. And I'm like, if I've been through, if, if you said to most people, what is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you? Most people would say, losing an immediate family member. Like there's a few other things people might say, but that that's one of the worst, right? So I honestly think to myself, if I have been through what I would personally deem to be the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me, and I'm still sitting here, like everything else is a fucking piece of cake. Yeah. Like honestly, and, and I obviously had to work to get to that point. I didn't just wake up the day after he died and feel that way. Yeah. But that honestly motivates me so much thinking about that. And I could not tell you what motivated me before he died. Like I was always a motivated person, but I honestly- You weren't this driven. Nah. And I, I think about that now, no matter what I'm doing, like I think about him every single day, no matter what I'm doing. And even to the point where I'm like, if I'm in the gym and I was like, going to do 15 reps and I get to 12 and I'm fucked. I'm like, really Rubes? Like you can go through that and you can't do three more reps. Like, or if I've got like a big day of work and, you know, I might check my emails or I'll check something and there's just so much to do. And I'm like, really, even, even when I started my business, I had a full-time job and I would come home and work at night and I'd just be like, you can go through that and you can't do three hours on this laptop. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And it honestly, I've, I've tapped into that over the years because I didn't want that to start to become a negative thing. Like, I've been through this so I can do anything and, and constantly push myself. But it is such a positive, like powerful source of motivation for me. And, and on that same note, like, I feel like you're not getting a word in, but you don't care. That's just my life. (laughs) On that same note, like, again, went through the process and got to a point where I was just like, there's a quote that I really love. It's about thinking about things and it says like, we don't want to think about things in terms of like, this is not so bad, but rather I can make this good. Yeah. And I remember reading that quote. I honestly (laughs) remember reading that quote and thinking, well, obviously your dad didn't just fucking die. Because I was like, there is no way I can make this good. Like when I, when I first was like going through that and reading that and whatever, But I honestly have worked so hard to make it good. Like, and I, like I just said to you, I draw on it for motivation. But even in the sense where I think like, well, he got 56 years. A lot of people don't get that. I got 25 years with him. A lot of people don't get that. And when I think about it, and I know my mom will be listening to this episode, I genuinely think that I was blessed with the greatest parents in the world. And everybody probably thinks that (laughs) and rightly so, but I could not speak more highly of my parents. They, they just raised me to like, like we were raised and we had such a great life, but we never got handed shit. Like we were always taught to appreciate shit and to work hard. My dad really pushed us to work hard and 
even, you know, when somebody dies, people straight away are like, oh, he would have been so proud of you. And I've always kind of thought to myself, like, you obviously didn't know him because he was only proud when there's shit worthy to be proud of. And I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. if, and, and so what I was getting at, like, is if he had have died and, you know, I went through that initial grieving process, but then if I chose to just be a victim and, you know, be poor me, my dad died and sit on the couch and be on the dole and never work and, and just let that be my story, he would have fucking hated that. Yeah. So much, so much. Honestly, like I was gifted with the best parents. I was gifted 25 years with them. I've still got my mum, which is, you know, amazing. And I genuinely believe, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I genuinely believe I was gifted by my dad, like going through the worst thing that I possibly could at 25 years old and getting myself through it. And I genuinely believe like he raised me, obviously not knowing to that that was going to happen, but he raised me so well that I was able to get myself through it. And I see that as a gift. I was like, I got 25 amazing years with somebody that I just think was the greatest person in the world. And you left and it was shit, but like, like I see it as a gift. Like you, does does that make sense? (laughs) I feel like I, I can't fully put it into words, but I'm like, you, you actually presented me with one hell of a challenge, <laughs> but you prepared me so well for that challenge. And it took a while, but when I put all of that together, you know, that, that has got me to where I am today. And that's, that's honestly such a driving force in my life, as you can tell. Like, <laughs> obviously, I'm sitting here crying, but like coming back to that whole thing of like, Obviously, I went through the initial grieving process and then I got to a point where I was like, okay, you know, as crazy as it sounds, like he's not coming back. Like he's not. So I can sit on the couch and cry about it and I can let that be my story. You know, no matter what happens, oh, well, poor me, my dad died. And I just got to a point where I was just like, this is not going to be my story. Like it's not. And like I've worked so hard in Eat Like Ruby. We've worked so hard, you know, in our relationship. We've worked so hard with building houses and buying houses and moving to the place like we've always wanted to live on the coast. So like moving here, even like getting the teller, <laughs> all of these things. We've worked so hard to build this life that we love. And that for me personally comes from going through this because when I wake up in the morning, like, it's always on my mind, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm never not going to think about him. So I didn't, I don't want to wake up in the mornings and be like, oh yeah, my dad died. And, and my story begins and ends there. I want to wake up and be like, yeah, that happened. And also I get to get up today and work in a company that I love and spend time with a partner that I love and hang out with the dog that we love and live in the house that we love. Like it was so important to me to create my own story from that do you know what I mean yeah yeah so I just yeah it's um and that's why it's so important to me like I said the the running is almost kind of the final step of this thing like obviously all of that that I just spoke about is a lot of like mindset stuff that I've been through and all of that and I just feel like I'm so at peace with it like as at peace with it as I ever will be. Like, it's always going to be sad that he's not here, but... I feel like you're on the right way about it. 
to me, like with everything I just said about, you know, us, us having such a great life and everything, it was almost like, and again, people might take this the wrong way, but it, it doesn't come from a negative place for me at all. It's such a positive thing, but that, that is the reality. Like that did happen. And like I said, he's not coming back. And it, to me, it was almost like, I need to build a life that is good enough to make up for the fact that I went through that and that he is not here. And, and that comes back to what I just said. If I'm going to open my eyes every day and be like, yeah, shit, that did actually happen. But also all of this good stuff is happening too. And that's what the last few years have been all about is just like, I'm not going to let my story begin and end there. And I think, like I said, obviously everybody has their own grieving process. And I, I do not want to shame anybody that has done it differently to me because until you go through it, you cannot even imagine what it's like. I personally, and I guess it, it probably comes a lot too from having dad be such a badass, but I too was like, yes, I'm some, I, I hate to use the word victim, but like I was a, a victim to that situation. Like, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was nobody's fault. Like it just happened. But I was like, yes, this happened and there's nothing I can do about it. But I genuinely believe it is my responsibility to get through it. We we cannot always control what happens in life. Like terrible things are happening in life. Anybody listening could probably rattle off terrible things that have happened in their life. And obviously, like I said, we have to go through our processes. But yeah, I just got to a point where I was just like, it is my responsibility to get through this. Like I cannot sit in this. Yep. So there is <laughs> all of my mindset thoughts and everything. <laughs> But that's honestly, yeah, why run the running goal is so important to me. People ask me all the time, like, what should my goal be? Even people in Eat Like Ruby will be like, you know, should I do fat loss? Should I do muscle gain? Should I aim for this certain PB in the gym or whatever? And I just think it's so important to set your own goals. Like, I can't decide what somebody's goal is going to be. Yeah. Because, like, coming back to what I was just saying, I've set my own goals <laughs> and there's a bunch of them. But naturally, like this one is obviously so important to me. My behavior and my actions every day are just going towards that naturally. Like I've, I've got those goals to hit certain lifts in the gym. And I obviously I'm training in the gym and stuff, but I'm not like, oh, how, how am I going to hit that 60 kilo front squat and all of those things? Like, whereas with the running goal, I'm literally like, okay, I'm going to like train on this day and then I'm going to stretch on this day and I've got to, like, if I'm going to do a big walk tomorrow, I've got to stretch out my feet tonight. Like, I'm literally pulling apart my whole life and just naturally putting things in place to hit that goal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I see people all the time sort of outsourcing their goals almost or, you know, people that do, you know, air quotes, have a goal and they'll be like, oh, I'm just, they're not actually working towards it. And I just feel like you haven't found that thing that is just so important to you that, your actions are just going there. Yeah, and like honestly, when you find your own goal, you're just so much more driven. If 100%. someone, if you told me my goal, I'd fall off in a week. A hundred. Once you find your reason why, there's nothing gonna stop you. Even if somebody said to us, like, "Here's here's a budget," because your savings goal is now to like go to Europe, you. Be like, well, if I don't really want to go to Europe, like I'm not going to stick to the budget. Like Would I you? actually don't care. Even though it'd be cool to go to Europe, like, but there's no real fucking drive for me to do that. So yeah. I'm not going to stick to a hectic budget and do all these things. Like I can't wait to go to Europe because it's like, yeah, I actually can wait. I actually don't care. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. I always think like people always do it in Eat Like Ruby where they'll be like, oh, should I do a muscle gain phase or whatever? And it's like, if we're going to start setting protocols for you to be gaining weight, for most females, there's a, a level of discomfort there. You've got to fucking want it. You have got to really want it. When I've gone through a gaining phase, you hit that point of discomfort, but you know why you're doing it. You're like, I really want this. I'm willing to push through this. I know what the process is going to be, all of that. So it's worth it. But if someone's just told you, oh yeah, okay, you're going to go into a gaining phase now and we're going to start gaining weight and you're going to probably start feeling a bit shit. If you don't have a real genuine desire to gain muscle and really do that, why would you put yourself through feeling like shit? Would you? <laughs> so I guess, yeah, coming back to <laughs> the running goal, it's it's funny because I did set like a bunch of goals at the start of the year and I am still mindful and wanting to work towards them and am working towards them. But I feel like, yeah, the running thing is just for sure the number one thing. And I'm just always looking at like my lifestyle, my diet and everything like and training, obviously, being the number one thing um, for that. Yeah. So, yeah, the 1K. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel? What time do you get? Like, Yeah. Cardiovascularly, if that's a word. Jesus. I felt way better than I thought. And that makes me so happy because I've been doing that cardio session in the gym and it's so fucking hard. So, I'm doing a cardio session that is like a salt bike, battle ropes, slam balls, like it's a lot of intervals, circuits, and that sort of thing. Um, And the reason for that purely is to get my cardio fitness up, but I can't really run at the moment because we're rehabbing different injuries or whatever. So I couldn't just get on a treddy and run three or four times a week for fitness. I've got to try and get my fitness in another way while we work on the other things and then piece it all together for running. Yeah. Right. So I've been doing that cardio session and it is so hard the assault bike is so hard (laughs) like I was doing four 20 second rounds two minutes so it's like go hard for 20 rest for 10 seconds go hard for 20 and you do it four times so it's two minutes and it was just wild hard to bring in the fifth round to go to two and a half minutes took me like two and a half months to get to that point hey yeah like we started this session pretty much end of November. And it was like mid-Feb that I was like, oh my God, I finally did a fifth round. And it's one of those things where my, like we said before, in my mind, when I decide I want to do something, I will do it. That is one of the few things in life that I've been like probably in the second and third round on that bike. Like I don't even, genuinely, I do not even know if I'm going to get the fourth round, let alone go for a fifth. Just physical like the lactic acid in my quads the hunger that's one thing that I've I've really had to call myself out on is the pre-training not having a calorie dairy milk bar pre-training <laughs> but honestly the pre-training meal like I'm always on my game with pre and post-training nutrition but it's got to be even better it's honestly it's got to be even better because my hunger kicks in at about the 30 second mark and it is genuine like in my stomach and my brain is instantly like you fucking need more food ruby like it yeah my lungs my quads my hunger my brain <laughs> my whole body fights back on that assault bike it is wild so 
that's definitely the hardest thing in that session. And then we go like sleds, battle ropes, ball slams. The battle ropes are probably the second hardest. Like, but I've, they're intense. Yeah, but I've been able to to build them up a bit too. And so the point <laughs> with the running the one k, um, that has been paying off. And I don't feel it in the session because I still feel like holy crap, my lungs are going to blow out. Um, but when I ran the one k, fitness was not an issue at all. Yeah. And I mean, it was one case. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. At least you know the steps you're taking is helping you progress. Yeah. And that's the, that's the first fitness shit I've done in six years. Yeah. So uh, it, we probably should have run 1K before I did anything just to see like if I could even make it. But yeah, definitely fitness is good. And I'm just pushing that session. So we've increased that session a little bit. Um, for this training block, which is cool. And one thing I have noticed with that session too is that I'm resting less. Like I'm moving between exercises a lot quicker. Even you said like my just watching me recover, I was like coming back down way quicker. My heart rate was coming back down way quicker. All of those things, um, which you don't – this session still feels so fucking hard when you're actually on the bike or on the ropes. But then, yeah, like coming off and a minute later being like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm actually good. I feel good, yeah. As opposed to like when we first did the session, I was like, don't even time these rests. Like I will go when I'm ready. <laughs> so fitness-wise, things are going good. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't pull up too sore and it definitely made me think, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be able to do this. Like there was just a few little things like I've got a little bit of a right hip issue. All of my sort of injuries have been on that right side, like a doctor and hammy and glute on that right side at different times over the years. But it's just sort of led to a bit of instability with my hip, um, lower back can niggle a bit. So that was the main thing. I just wanted to run 1K and then just chill for the rest of the day and see like what started to kick in. And there was nothing major. Yeah, that's good. Which is cool, yeah. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. Um, And it's cool because I found the spot where I want to run it because we knew, like I was saying for ages, I want to run near the water but like not too hilly. Like there was so many little things and I just had such a visual in my mind of what I wanted it to look like. And then when I found that 5K track at Point Cartwright, I was like, this is it. This is actually what's been in my mind. Yeah. So that's really cool. I've just been walking there heaps. Um, I did the 1K there. And honestly, I just want to be familiar with that that track and everything. And that's even the other day when I walked there, it was so windy. And instantly I'm like, okay, cool. On the day that we go to run 5Ks, what if it's windy as fuck? What if it's raining? And these are all the things that like, this is just how my mind works. But I'm like, we need to be somewhat prepared for that. Like I need to be a bit conditioned for the wind. I need to be conditioned for the rain. Like I hate being in a position with anything in life where it's like, yeah, I can tick all the boxes and, and achieve my goals when everything goes according to plan. Because we see this all the time. I see it even with people with food, where it's like, yeah, I nailed all my food until I had to stay back at work. And it's like, could we have a system in place that's like, this is what you do when you have to stay back at work? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And especially if the same things throw you off all the time. If you're like, you know, anytime I get, get called to stay back at work, my food goes to shit. It's like, okay, cool. How do we... How do we get ahead of this? Yeah, because you look forward to that. It's like, okay, work's gone. Let's eat. <laughs> I feel like you missed the mark on that one, but that's fine. Um, no, but like coming back to the... <laughs> you throw me right off. Coming back to the run, it's like 
I just want to be prepared for, for whatever might happen on that day. Even in terms of like, obviously, like we said, we're training for injuries and that, but I've even just been thinking what a common running problems like shin splints plantar fasciitis all of those things like that's why i'm stretching my feet stretching my calves whatever like i don't really have foot and calf issues but if i'm going to be a runner after six years of not being a runner (laughs) i probably will if i'm not proactive about it so that's just what i mean even in terms of like getting everything in place for it i'm just so motivated for it that my mind is naturally like what else can i do to make this really work yeah so All right, so the game is, obviously, if you're watching YouTube style, you'll see that we've got some props here. And if you're listening, I'll talk you through it. So we've got some Nutella here, obviously. Nutella the food, not Nutella the dog. We've also got four rip-off Nutellas. (laughs) So I'm going to blindfold. And are you going to, like, spoon feed me? How are we going to do this? I'll spoon feed you. Shaq's going to spoon feed me and I'm going to guess you've, you've got to probably like mix them up and wait till I've got the blindfold oh, on. Them I will. There you are. Yeah. I'm nervous that there's going to be some sort of like hot sauce situation happening here or something. So I'm going to blindfold and then Shaq's going to spoon them to me and I'm going to try and guess which one is the Nutella. Okay. Right. So hang on. Let's quickly, we've got Natino, which I'm feeling like could be the closest to Nutella. Yeah. Just, um, I don't even know why. Just my Nutella senses are telling me this. We've got Woolworths Choc Hazelnut Spread. I'm a big Woolies fan, so I wouldn't be disappointed if that was good. We've got Hey, hey I'm School Safe Nut Free Chocolate Spread. I don't think that's what it's called. I think I've just read out the, <laughs> the selling point. But you can take this one to school, guys. Chocolate Spread Nut Free. I'm not too really sure really what's going on there. Chocolate hazelnut, fifty percent less sugar spread, no palm oil. I think this this. Could, I don't think that's a Woolies one. I just saw that green bit. Um, I'm not too sure what that is. And then we've got the OG Nutella. Oh, Shaq's presenting them all to the camera. Love this. This is actually going to be a win-win because if I get it right, that's obviously good news for the company that I've built around Nutella, and. If I get it wrong... Back up shop, see you later. No. If I get it wrong, it's because I think something is as good as Nutella. Okay. Like, really, if I say, oh, yeah, I think that's Nutella and it's not, we've actually found a Nutella duplicate in the world, Mm. which is not going to be bad news. So, guys, if you're listening and not watching, I have a headband around my eyes like a blindfold and a headset over my head. And Sophie's literally fixing my hair. <laughs> and Shaq is stressing me out. I just feel like he does the most bizarre shit. Hey, Sophie, what's that other jar? No, no, no. Are you ready, Shaq? Yeah, are you? Shit, I'm so nervous We're about f- this. Full spoon or half spoon? Uh, we'll what? go a little, little, little teaser. Enough that I can really suss it out. Jeez. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'll shut up now. Thank God. <laughs> I've been mad bit water. <laughs> Oh, that is not Nutella. That is like thick clag in my mouth. Whatever that is, no offense, but no one buy it. Oh my God, that's, that one has cased my mouth now for all future tastings. 
<laughs> you ruined my next five meals. <laughs> I've got to try and get this off the roof of my mouth. Next. Right, number two. That is great. That is not Nutella. That's that's thinner than Nutella. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna try and take it one further and actually guess what they were. Not that I've got any experience, but just based off of my Nutella knowledge. The first one, I'm gonna say that was that nut free stuff because it was just so far from Nutella. The second one, I reckon that's the sugar, the half sugar or whatever. It was it was runnier than Nutella, but it was nice. Are you ready? Yeah. Open oh, up. hang on. Cleansing my palate. I should actually have a drink, but I can't see the drink bottle. <laughs> Righto, next. I'm going to say that's, oh, I was going to say it's not Nutella, but at the end it kicked in a little bit. I'm going to say right now that's, oh, that's not Nutella. It's very close. Yeah, I'm going to say that's not Nutella, but leave it with me. Okay. The aftertaste is really Nutella-y, but the actual taste was not. Open up. Mm Mm-hmm. We're all starting to taste the same. I would say, I'm going to say that's Nutella. But let me let me um, have the last one as well. Where's the drink? <laughs> I feel like, um, you know Hamish and Andy, how they like, one of them has to be blonde and they like guide mm. each other around. Can you imagine if we did that? Oh my God, I'd kill you. Ready? Yeah. That one was good, but I don't, I don't think it was Nutella. I think that was... So let me try. Shit, now I can't even remember we, what. We got two were. more. Hang on. No, we don't. That was all of them. This is literally our life. Shaq just making shit up and me being like, no. Mm. First one I'm going to say was the nut free because that was just a whole different thing. Second, can I take the blindfold off? Maybe no. <laughs> no. Leave it on. I don't know who made you the boss of the Eat Like Ruby podcast. All right, so. I reckon I did you do them in order? No. One, two, three, four, five. That's what I. That's no. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That order. Is this the nut free? Because I think the sugar one was next, and I think Nutella was four, and I reckon the Natino. Yeah, this is the order. I reckon one, two, three, four, five. Are you sure? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did I get it all right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I looked better. I wish I didn't have a headband around my neck because I would be whooping and hollering right now. Oh, my God. Did I get every one of them right? Yeah. I'm a chalk hazelnut spread expert. <laughs> Something to be super proud of, apparently. I'm so tempted to throw Vegemite in there, eh? Well, I would have known straight away. That would be funny though. The rest of them are not bad. Like if, let's just say we have COVID round two and panic buying happens again. If we had to buy one of these three, I, I would survive. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So that's good to know. Shaq's looking at me as if like, are we getting another three months off? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I just had like three months off, but yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> All right, we are done. So... That is all. That was such a mixed bag episode. Mm, random, random Q&A at the start. Got deep in the middle there. Finished on a high with the Nutellas. Yeah. The Nutellas and the Nutella lookalikes, yeah. if you will. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. Big dog. We'll have to get you back one time. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you guys 
haven't already, make sure you've subscribed, you've rated, you've liked, you've followed, you've done all the things because we are just going to keep the podcast rolling.